age of moral bankruptcy, political sleaze, theological confusion, and aimless religion in a mindless church. We're addressing the need for a Bible-based, intellectually rigorous, 21st century Christian faith. This is Sinners and Saints. Theology with an Edge. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight on Sinners and Saints. My name is John Sautel. I'm pastor of All Saints Reformed Church out in Walnut, California. And joining me uh, tonight in our discussion is Reverend Adam Kalushin from Ontario United Reformed Church and Pastor Moses Jambazian from Pasadena URC. We're continuing on in our series on the commandments. We finished off with the first table of the law, and now we're going to take up commandments 5 through 10 over a whole series of shows. And we pick up the fifth commandment tonight. And this is a very important commandment, particularly in our society, as you begin to see the erosion of the family unit, the concept of parental authority and governmental authority. This command has all kinds of important ramifications for us as Christians. And uh, as we begin our discussion, I think we just want to begin with the most obvious application of this commandment, and that is that it's calling upon somebody to be in authority, and then it's calling on children to be in control. And it says, children, honor. So what does this mean uh, in practical terms for us that we are to honor our father and our mother? Well, within the family, the most obvious thing is at least recognition of the parental role. The fact that mother and father are there, given by God, and that they actually have a position that is of value. And it is of value to you, the child in that case. And so you have to recognize that it's not simply obey, taking out the trash, which sometimes get reduced to, you know, just do what your parents say, but rather actually honor and recognize that God has given them for your good to train you up. They are there to provide for you, to give you guidance and counsel, and also to just be there as a help for you as well. So all these things are recognized and honoring them of giving to them the credit that they are due for the role that they are serving in. You notice one of the things that uh, Mo's saying here. You have to recognize the God-ordained role of the family. I mean, this is why, and I know we'll talk about this further, the commandment extends not just to the children, but also to the parents. You're supposed to get from this commandment that God has ordained this family. So parents, you need to act like parents. You don't uh, put your children on an equal level as you. And children, you need to recognize that God has created you and put you in a family where you are to obey and honor your parents. Okay, you're saying something that's here that's very important because it seems today in our society we have a complete uh, overreaction or overcorrection to what was perceived as a tyrannical abuse of authority in previous generations where uh, basically the father did what he wanted to within the family unit and his authority was unchallenged and there was no way uh, around that. And, and basically we have a complete turning of the tables in our society today. We could talk about all the, maybe some of the reasons for why uh, we've gotten away from that, but it seems like parents today are completely unwilling to insist on the fact that they be honored and respected and feared, and they don't seem to want to wear the mantle of authority. The problem is manifold. It can come from different places, but I think a large part of it is that a lot of people today don't believe in the rule of authority or in the right of authority or structure even, and so they don't really want to take upon themselves the mantle of authority. And, but the trouble is that they are failing then to accomplish a task that God has given to them. So it's not 
that we are simply to be nice to people, but we actually have to fulfill the role that God assigns. And that means whether as parent or child, we have duties and obligations. And that's what the fifth commandment talks about. And it is necessary for every believer to understand how they are to live in light of the structure that God gives to the family. Our catechism unfolding the implications of this commandment says, and I think it gives some things here that we could uh, follow up on. It says, what does God require in this fifth, fifth commandment? It says, I show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all in authority over me, submit myself with due obedience to all their good instruction and correction, and also bear patiently with their infirmities, since it's God's will to govern us by their hand. The catechism is getting at what we're uh, what we've been aiming at here so far is the issue of parental authority is not something that's a mere social convention. It is an authority which has been delegated by God, and that's why it's so important that neither parents abdicate their responsibility or their role, neither uh, are children permitted to decide that uh, we have come of age as a society, and the whole concept of parental authority is for some patriarchal backwater, and we can just discard it as we please. It's a divinely given institution from God to man. Yeah, let me just apply, John. One of the things you're talking about, we see the shift in our culture. There are actually some people who say that the reason reason why honor your father and mother is in the old scripture is because there wasn't the technology around back then that could allow the children to be taught by various other methods than private instruction of the parents. But now since we have the schools developed and there's so many other avenues through which children can be educated, I don't need to take a primary active role in the raising of my children and they don't necessarily have to respond to my authority in the first place. They kind of make their own way. But this is exactly our point. It's always been the duty. This is the way God has ordained it, that, chi- that children are taught by their own parents. Now, the parents may enlist the help of others. They always have, even in ancient times when this commandment was written. But the, the parents are the ones responsible for raising their children, not only in the fear and knowledge of the Lord, but also in the common things of life. Okay, so we've ranged over a broad uh, application of this uh, commandment. We come back, we're going to get more specific now in terms of what this means in practical terms for implementing this command uh, of, of children towards their parents and parents towards children. Stay tuned with us on Sinners and Saints. This is Sinners and Saints, theology with an edge. Are you looking for a church that values the Word of God and the rediscovery of its riches in the Protestant Reformation? Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Kalustian. I want to invite you to join us at the Ontario United Reformed Church. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Take the Euclid Avenue exit off the 60 freeway, Go north one block to Philadelphia Street, turn right, and you'll see us. That's the Ontario United Reformed Church, 866-99-UNITED. There is no greater joy in the Christian's life than to worship God according to his word, and there is nowhere better in the San Gabriel Valley to do this than at the Pasadena United Reformed Church. So come join us this Sunday at 9 a.m. and at 6 p.m. at 226 West Colorado Boulevard in Arcadia, You can call us at 866-99-UNITED or look us up on the web at sinnersaint.org. Hey, thanks for joining us again after the break here on Sinners and Saints. We're unfolding the fifth commandment uh, tonight as we take on the second part of the Ten Commandments here in our series on the Ten Commandments. What do we do with this in terms of its concrete application? We, we suggested, you know, just in broad strokes, some of the things that it applies to, some of the responsibilities of children. Let's get more specific. I'll, I'll throw out one here, and that is the concept of uh, filial or parental fear. One of the applications that 
even the New Testament, or rather the Old Testament, gives in applying this command uh, back in Leviticus is that uh, children are to fear their parents. What does that mean? Well, fear is also another way of expressing reverence and awe. There is to be some sort of fear in terms of they should take seriously that my parent, my mom, my dad can discipline me, has the authority and the right to discipline me, and my neighbors and my greater family is going to support them in this if I am disobedient. And so there really should be a fear that comes from honoring their position and their right to rule over you. Okay, so let's think about that a minute. As I look around, one of the most striking, to me, features or characteristics of the way young people look at their parents and authority is there's a basic absence of fear at all. And we could say maybe that's because there's no corporal punishment anymore or parents don't wear their authority correctly. But man, you just look around kids everywhere. There's this attitudes of of self-reliance, independence, and they have no respect at all. Yeah. And the proof of this is go walk around in the grocery store. And I mean, some people think this is a trivial example, but it's so true. Many times you walk up and down the aisles and the kids are either sitting in the cart or walking next to their mommy and daddy and screaming at them every time they see something on the shelf that mommy or daddy won't let them throw in the cart. And they badger and badger and badger the parents and plead and plead and plead and finally they either sneak whatever it is into the cart or the parent gives in because the parent is totally exasperated, can't stand the the begging and the prodding and the over and over, you know, the crying and the screaming and it's a disgrace. So to get them to be quiet, they just give in. But what's behind all of that? The child is not fearful at all of any punishment that he or she will receive. And it's because likely the children, the child is never punished for public disobedience. I don't even think it's punishment alone that you need to be concerned about here. I think the greater concern is that they don't have a fear of what their parent thinks of them. Like they don't care for the opinion of the parents because they have their peer group. They have everybody exactly. else telling them they're so wonderful. So whether mom or dad thinks of me as a whiny little brat or whatever is absolutely not their concern. But it's, that's specifically what should be their it's concern. It's totally irrelevant because they're reinforced at school with all this self-esteem training. It, one, of the, one of the most in, interesting indicators of this is a test taken not long ago among uh, industrialized nations where they tested our children against uh, 10 other countries in the world in mathematics. And we scored absolutely the lowest, and yet they did a, a, set, a follow-up to that and asked about their self-esteem. And American children had the highest self-esteem, even though they had the lowest test scores. Because what's happening is everywhere you go in society, it's being reinforced to children that they should have this great positive self-image, this great self-esteem, and that they're basically their own autonomous little self-governed units. And they, they've been led into a mindset of complete disrespect for authority. Yeah, they, I remember when I was young, I had lied to my mother and she sat me down and it was interesting. She didn't rebuke me for, I don't know, the theft itself that I had done and then tried to cover up. But she said to me, I don't like liars. And I remember it cut me to the heart. And because I respected my mother, it hurt me all the more that she thought of me in this bad way. But I feel like today, if a parent sits down and tells his or her child, I don't like liars and you lied, the child would say, I don't care <laughs> like you don't like because it doesn't matter. I got enough people that will affirm me and like me and go along with me that it's okay. Just another, you know, 
way to test this, uh, another way the Old Testament applies it, for instance, Leviticus 19.32 says, You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. One of the applications, again, of this commandment um, is that there would be a healthy respect, a healthy fear, and a real tangible honoring of those in authority and those who are aged. It seems like we have so leveled out today in our society all people and all stations of life that a child thinks that they are of the same level of importance or dignity or honor as somebody who's lived life for 40, 50 years and has gone through all the experiences and battles and has the wisdom cultivated through a whole series of trials and experiences. And there's a total absence of just tangible signs of respect and fear and honor. Well, we certainly see that in the professing Christian church today, don't we? Churches that claim to be on the cutting edge of ministry and doing the work of the Lord in the ways that the Spirit is moving in this century are by and large almost completely empty of anybody over the age of maybe 60 or 65. Now, what does that tell you about the church's understanding and obedience to the, the basic commandments of God, honor your father and your mother? They have put their parents away in a home, which is not, of course, in and of itself wrong, some elderly need, and it's good for them to live in homes, and they like that. But we have put them out of our lives and got all of our toys together and go about our own business and neglected the people, this large segment of the population that ought to be honored above other segments of the population even. You bring up something there is very important, that is our responsibility and duty of of children to their parents in their advanced years. We come back after the break. We're going to take this uh, discussion uh, in some different uh, directions, but one of them we want to deal with is how long are you called to honor your father and your mother? Stay tuned with us on Sinners and Saints. Americans are known for their independence and self-reliance. We take little stock in other people's opinions. Americans want to examine and form our own conclusions about everything, and if something isn't to our liking, we'll fix it. These characteristics have served us well in casting off monarchies and taming the wild frontier. But are they really the best qualities for building Christ's church? At Grace Evangelical Church, we think one thing our culture doesn't need to reinvent are the tried and tested truths of Orthodox Christianity. We take delight in the faith of our fathers, in the biblical truths captured by the three forms of unity. We believe the truths of the Reformation gospel of justification by faith alone are the only solution for the multitude of problems that face America today. We invite you to come worship with us at Grace Evangelical Church. For more information, you may contact us at area code 310-782-7019. That's 310-782-7019. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. In other words, what Paul is saying is that if you want to be wise unto salvation and learn to live for God's glory, you need the Word of God. And that's why I'm inviting you to come worship with us at All Saints Reformed Church. Hi, my name is Pastor John Sautel. I'm pastor of All Saints Reformed Church out in Walnut, California. We can't promise you you'll be entertained with high-energy music or thrilling performances or exciting worship or trendy programs, but we will promise you that you'll get the Bible. Because in our worship, we read the Bible, we sing the Bible, we pray the Bible, and we preach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. 
If you want to come to know God through his word and to grow in his grace and knowledge, then we invite you to worship with us at All Saints Reformed Church. For more information, call us at 909-319-3479. That's 909-319-3479. Or check us out on the web at allsaintsreformed.org. Okay, we're back here on Sinners and Saints. We've been talking about the fifth commandment. Uh, We've really approached it from a number of different angles. Maybe we could just summarize quickly kind of what we've been covering. We've been talking about how this commandment sanctions parental authority and the institution of the home and family, how children are obligated to honor, respect, and fear their parents in tangible and meaningful ways. Uh, And and really, we see that this commandment provides a real important uh, critique of our culture today as it's uh, basically trained our young people to disrespect authority, to uh, view it as, um, to view themselves as their own autonomous governing units, and to disregard uh, the authority of family, home, and so forth. But we need to look at some other ramifications of this command, and I guess one of the uh, first ramifications I would ask is, given that this command requires children to honor their parents, doesn't it also require something honorable from the parents? Well, most certainly, and that's always been covered under Reformed doctrines, is the idea that the role of the parent is vital in God's economy for how he intends the world to be. And so parents are to be people of honor, and they are to demonstrate Christian virtue. They are to be the primary teachers of what God would have the people to know as they teach their children. And they're going to teach them primarily by their example in life, by their dealings with others, by the love they show towards one another. And they're also going to demonstrate how God deals with people by how they deal with their own children, being ones who are generous and kind, loving and self-sacrificing for them. And so for parents to be feared and honored requires that they be those who are worthy of honor. And that calling can never be underestimated. And it's a real challenge because parents are sinful people. I I think one of the things that uh, you learn as a parent is that you have to also, when when you're living in an inconsistent way and you are appearing as a hypocrite, you better stop and tell your children, hey, look, I'm wrong in what I'm doing. Don't 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 give them the old line. Do as I say, not as I do. That you're going to completely undermine your child's respect for any authority. It's very important that if you do sin against your child and sin the way you live, you need to go to them and say, "I was wrong too." And also, it doesn't help when the church is constantly undermining parental authority either. Yeah, we mentioned earlier that one of the problems that parents have today is they abdicate their responsibility to be responsible for the instruction of their children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We have this, you know, all throughout the scripture, but the first one that comes to mind is Deuteronomy 6. You know, you're supposed to know the Lord, uh, know the law of the Lord your God, and then also speak to your children about that law, about your knowledge of the scripture, about true faith, guiding them and growing them in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You're supposed to impart that knowledge to them. One of the things that parents have done is abdicated that responsibility to the church and remove themselves completely away from overseeing and being actively involved in the growth of their children. But part of that is because the church has glamorized this culture of youth in a way and said, well, you know, you parents are so out of touch, you don't have the wisdom or the ability to raise your parents, so we're going to take that away from you, and we're going to have your kids out at the church five nights a week at youth group with some cool, hip, in-touch youth pastor who's going to do the job of raising your kid for you. Yes, well, you have the youth group mentality. You also have the Sunday school And let's face it, Christian parents, I wonder if they actually stopped and asked themselves, am I the one that is actively 
and in an engaging way, in a lively way, overseeing the instruction of my child in the faith, or have I given that responsibility over to other people? Now, all the intentions may be good, but this is not the institution that the Lord has ordained. That's the point, and this commandment reflects that. Okay, but I can I already can hear what the response is going to be. Well, Pastor Adam or Pastor John, that sounds all well and good, but I have no idea how to teach my children the faith. Well, parents then need to take seriously what their calling is and actually get the training they need to do it. So sit under the teaching where you can rightly understand these doctrines. The catechism's already structured to aid you in these things, and where you have trouble, get the help you need so that your children will look up to you. We keep throwing out this word catechism, but I guarantee you a lot of people are not aware of what that is. Catechism is basically a summary of the basic teachings of the Bible put in simple question-and-answer form. We use the Heidelberg Catechism. It's a faithful summary of the basic teachings of the Bible. You know, in times past, parents would sit down with their children every day and work through the catechism with them so that they were instructing them in the faith. They would read the Bible to them and pray with them, and that was the way that children were nourished in the Lord and grew over time in the grace and knowledge of the Lord instead of, say, just sending them to a program or sending them to somebody else to do it. Parents also wind up undermining themselves by basically being tyrants. And that's the old model of the patriarchal society that you have, you know, this tyrannous father particularly, but sometimes you can also have a tyrannous or manipulative mother. And that it that does happen. And you do undermine your authority and credibility when you do that. So parents, if you are going to be honored, you had better be honorable people. Well, that's going to be a question I was going to ask is, well, somebody's out there saying, yeah, but my parents aren't honorable. My, in fact, my dad's abusive and mean-spirited, and and uh, I don't feel like I owe him any respect at all. Well, you do because God has placed him in that role and in that position, but it is obviously going to be tempered by your Christian grace that you're going to be putting up with their infirmities. You're going to be tolerating some of that, but also you are not bound to do things that are unbiblical. If they command you to do things that are against the will of God or that they are abusive, you're not obliged to remain under that circumstance, but don't decide that for yourself. Get the elders, get the, if necessary, get the police involved to understand what is the proper role so that you don't disobey simply because you don't like what they're doing versus what they're doing is wrong and you have the free, the right to be free of that you know the heidelberg again says that we are to bear patiently with their infirmities since it's god's will to govern us by their hand it's proper uh even to bear patiently and to be long-suffering towards your parents even if they are hypocritical if they are abusive they if they use their power in in unwholesome ways towards you you pray you ask god's grace and strength to to help you through it and to honor those who he's placed in authority over you because that's God's call for you. He says, honor your father and your mother. We didn't even get into the question. We've looked at all this tonight. We didn't even get to the question how long you are called to honor your father and mother. So stay tuned with us next time on Sinners and Saints as we continue on with more applications of the fifth commandment. If you'd like more information about us, check us out on SinnerSaint.org. That's SinnerSaint.org or call us at 866-99-United. Join us next week as we tackle more topics with the truth of God's Word on Sinners and Saints. Theology with an Edge. For more information, call 866-99-UNITED or log on to the web at urcsocal.org. That's 866-99-UNITED. United.